0: It's wonderful how how the American people display their sportsmanship. Hello and welcome, Hoosier fans! Thank you for tuning in to the Often Daunted podcast with me, Burke White. As I do every Monday, I'm releasing this episode here in the off season, just recapping your uh, national news, some Indiana news, and uh, just hitting you with a one uh, with a segment of mine. But I'm before we start all that, I just wanted to say I am smiling ear to ear here on a Sunday as I record because I am celebrating a Colts win here on a day following an Indiana football bye. So yeah, it's uh, going better than most of my Sundays this football season. Congrats to Shane Steichen on his first dub in Lucas Oil. And welcome back to Jonathan Taylor, who sure still has a lot to do to warrant that payday now that Zach Moss is the MVP of this season so far. I mean, it's great to end the 1,000 days of tyranny that the Titans had over us. And, uh, yeah, just what a superb showing by the world's greatest backup quarterback, Minchu. Absolutely astounding. Great for the Colts. Okay, enough football. Uh, on this week's episode, I'm going to be looking into some of the national news taking place out there in the college basketball landscape, including Logan Duncombe's recent announcement. On the Indiana side, we will be praising Mike Woodson for getting the Indiana-Kentucky series rolling again, despite Cal's efforts to weasel his way out. We will delve into the cryptic with uh, recent recruiting, and in the segment, I'm going to be giving my uh, five biggest money grab games for Peacock this season. And lastly, I'll have a Hoosier history hit for you, as I usually do. So let's get right into it. This week, uh, Logan Duncombe shared across his socials uh, just his retirement from basketball. He said in an announcement, I've made the decision to step away from the game of basketball for health reasons. Basketball has been a huge part of my life for over a decade. I'm incredibly grateful to the countless people who have helped me along the way, especially those at Moeller High School, Indiana University, and Xavier University. I'll remain enrolled at Xavier University where I'll work to complete my undergraduate degree. Excited about what lies ahead. I I just wish, this is Burke talking now, I just wish him the best. Absolutely. Um, Here, starting the next chapter of his life, I genuinely hope that he can look to the future with optimism. And make the most of his time at Xavier being a true student. Everyone's time hooping comes to an end at some point and I I just really hope that Logan can face the next chapter with a positive outlook. Didn't work out for him here at Indiana. Unfortunately he doesn't get to take a shot of it at Xavier. I just wish him all the best as I'm sure all of us Hoosiers do. When you commit to us once a Hoosier always a Hoosier. In other news uh, Just some Adidas-related news. Now, I bring up Adidas-related news because, hey, the brand is everything in this, the year 2023. And uh, Adidas just decided to get into the college football game as they signed Michael Penix to its uh first football NIL deal. Great choice. Great choice, Adidas. No problem with that. He's an absolute stud athlete. There is There cannot be a single Indiana fan who has an ounce of ill will for that guy he, he gave us a hell of a whole lot. He gave us probably the best Indiana football memory within the last umpteen years. I don't even know how far back we need to go to, uh, have anything better than that COVID season. I, I only root for him. Um, it didn't work out here because we couldn't protect his ass. And, uh, rightfully so he decided to move on. And I mean, the results are speaking for themselves. He, uh, Absolutely made the right decision for him and his family because, man, he is Adidas football's first college athlete. In uh, USA basketball news, Ramona Shelburne at ESPN shared news of Joel Embiid telling Team USA executive director Grant Hill that he intends to join Team USA for the Paris Olympics. After failing to medal at Worlds, Joel L. has joined the cause. It's time to put USA Basketball on the map and show the rest of the world that, hey, we were toying with you before. We're, we were sending JV. It sounds like there are plenty of names out there. LeBron wants to get back in on it. Uh, Steph Curry, I saw his name out there. It's going to be a redeemed team all over again, and uh, here's hoping that USA Basketball can climb back to the top of the mountain there. It's how it should be. USA should be whomping. Everybody in basketball. I think it was interesting that I think Joel Embiid has both. I think he's born in Cameroon, has both French and American citizenship. So it was kind of a recruiting battle. But he himself stated something like, uh, yeah, he just wants to see USA back on top, which. (laughs) Awesome. Glad he's an American now. Glad he can identify with the rest of the (laughs) with the rest of us in Andy Katz news, because this wouldn't be the often-daunted podcast if I didn't bring up one dumb ranking list from Andy Katz. And uh, Andy Katz gave his top 10 centers, and uh, it's so ridiculous that this guy placed Hunter Dickinson number two. I'll run down it a little. Zach Eadie, Hunter Dickinson, Ryan Kalkbrenner, Armando Baycott, which, yeah, we'll see how this year goes. Uh, Donovan Klingon, due for a big year. Clifford O'Marui at number six agree with that one he's an absolute beast uh 7 Brendan Carlson 8 Graham EK 9 Jesse Edwards and 10 Kalel Ware he did give Kalel a spot so uh guess Andy's not entirely crazy here but Hunter Dickinson number 2 is downright criminal that's all that's all the thoughts i have on that list Kalel Ware i like seeing his name on the list of course the rest of the country would probably point to that and be like, You gotta be kidding me. This guy's coming back after what? It's not about, like, he has the skills that arguably no one else on that list has. It's just about getting the most out of him. And uh, here's hoping Mike Woodson can do just that. Earlier this week, the NCAA announced the shrinking of the transfer portal from 60 days to enter to 45. This will provide coaches a much more complete pool than they've seen as of late as there won't be so many stringing their decision along only to enter halfway through the summer. I feel like this makes uh, filling out rosters a bit easier and limits the frustrations of knowing whether or not teams need to fill out the roster. If all these guys wait for that 60th day, you are scrambling to fill your squad. Hopefully this eases a little bit of the pressure on these coaches of uh, the constant shuffle that these uh, most recent transfer portals have been. I feel like we are going to see more and more restrictions as the West gets one, if you will, and uh, the NCAA just figures out how to monitor this process more and more. Lastly, on your national news, um, the preseason All-Big Ten team was announced. And uh, keep fueling the tank. Please. Please keep giving us that gas. Keep frying the chip on my guys' shoulders. The 2023-2024... Preseason All-Big Ten team is a unanimous decision in Terrence Shannon Jr. There is Julian Reese, the unanimous decision in Jameer Young. There is Dawson Garcia, A.J. Hogard, Tyson Walker, Kese Tomanaga. There was the unanimous decision of Boo Booey. The unanimous, of course unanimous, Zach Eady. And lastly, there was Clifford Elmarui. Again, I don't know why. I just that guy, that guy brings it, <laughs> and I just respect the hell out of that from him. But this isn't the Clifford Omerui podcast. Uh, this is the Often Daunted podcast, and uh, I just want to say, no love for the Hoosiers. I love to see it. I love to see it because I know this. I, I mean, from all, all evaluation of Xavier Johnson, whenever somebody brings something like this up. Uh, he's like, hey, see you in November. I'll see you soon. That's his go-to line. See you soon. And damn, am I ready for him to just show us what he's done before. It's not like we're trying to expect something out of this guy. It's not like we are projecting what he could do. He has done it. And the fact that the rest of the Big Ten media coverage out there has just overlooked that altogether, that this guy's coming in I, again, I preach it over and over, having been around college basketball enough to have a master's in it. And uh, yeah, I cannot wait to see how Xavier Johnson takes the floor as a co-captain of this Indiana Hoosier squad. It's a revenge tour. It's a revenge on everybody out there that overlooks our guy. We should have tons to talk about. Now, while there wasn't much to talk about this week throughout the Big Ten on the national level... We should have tons to talk about uh, following Big Ten Media Day starting today if you're listening on Monday. So please tune in to Often Daunted next week as I will be recapping um, the best from that. So yeah, short national news for you. Let's get on to some uh, Indiana Hoosier news for you. Before we talk Indiana basketball, hear, hear to IU Women's Soccer for kicking off the Crimson and Gold Cup with a point to the good guys. After beating Purdue Women's Soccer Team on Sunday, Indiana has moved into a 1-0 lead in the Crimson and Gold Cup, and here's just hoping that it is as dominant as last season. Credit to the IU Women's Soccer Team. Well done. Well done. All right, let's talk some Indiana recruiting. Listen... It's a cryptic, cryptic game we are following right now. Um, like, uh, how cryptic can it be? I mean, uh, let's talk about one of other one of Trilly's other tweets. Yes, it's Trilly Donovan, guys. We, we are gonna bring him up if we're talking recruiting right now because it is the year of our Lord, twenty twenty three, and people are getting there's yeah, Trilly's the source right now, uh, it's the pseudo source because I'm I'm not convinced that this that he somehow found a way that like fortune tellers are able to <laughs> scam people out of their money um, just by, you know, being vague enough that you fill in the blanks. But I uh, truly did a cryptic tweet that is so much more than what everyone thought regarding C- Curtis Givens third this week as it, he was tweeting out a gif of a tiger. I thought it was a Memphis tiger too, but no, it, it might have been just a tiger. Memphis fans minds must have been at ease until Curtis Givens shocked everyone and chose LSU. Honestly, that tweet was the ultimate hedging of bets if he knew between the two. <laughs> and uh yeah, it goes even even sometimes these aren't about you. They make them so vague. It's so scary just how much hype was built up for Indiana amongst the uh Twitter sphere, I'll say. Twitter spaces um this week other than that I mean on that there was a whole lot of cryptic tweets regarding Liam McNeely and Boogie Fland or we hope like at least the fan base desperately hopes that that was the case and again more the more and more these cryptic tweets are read into I think these guys may just be vague enough to think they are always talking about us whoever the fan base reading the tweet I, but that being said, I choose to have a blind eye to that and tell myself this isn't the case here. Personally, I'd rather be optimistic and happy than pessimistic and depressed. Like, I'm choosing to believe that uh, Trilly tweeting out the music video for Liam Payne and Boogie with the Hoodie, uh, Stack It Up music video, I'm choosing to believe that that is about us. It came out shortly after the IU staff rolled deep as hell. Full staff on site into both of those towns in order to solidify some relationships here at the goal line. Just what a tandem those two could be here in Bloomington. They could be two fifths of a Hoosier team running with the best of them, running with the fastest of them. It could be the grounds for a play style that we have yet to see. Here's hoping that we see some of it this year. But uh, yeah, the sign. I mean, getting those commits are just huge program boosters. And again, at this time of recording, I'm going to choose to believe the rumblings out there that Indiana is the favorite to land Liam McNeely. I'm going to choose to believe the rumblings out there that uh, Indiana has taken a lead over Kentucky for Boogie. It's all I can do at this time. Yeah, and all I can do at this time is also trust Mike Woodson. He has yet to give us a reason not to. You guys can say we underperformed last season, but he has gotten us closer and closer to the banner in these first two seasons. He's going for the big guys, and that is a dangerous game. But I'm glad Indiana's finally playing it. Trust Mike Woodson. End of story. End of recruiting for you. <laughs> Word is, I mean, I'm hoping we're still in there for Derek Queen. All of our focus are, is on these three guys, and we need, I, I, yeah, we need to land two of them. We absolutely need to land one of them, but we need to land two of them. Here's hoping that we can do that. And I say we need to land two of them, but I don't even know, guys. Because, again, I I, I always bring up that we didn't even know about McKenzie and Baco or Kalel Ware just six months ago. They weren't even on the radar. Seven months ago, maybe? I don't know. Gosh, it was a long offseason. I'm glad we're back. Also back. Also back. Just after I said this one would immediately become a top five rivalry last week, IU in Kentucky is back. Coach Cal is absolutely a punk for tilting it to meet his favor. As Indiana is going to be hosting their first game at neutral site Lucas Oil. I believe it's said it's still objectively a home game because Indiana will have access to 80% of the tickets for it. That being said, I don't know. How How do you monitor that? Where are these tickets being dispersed? It goes at Rupp, at Lucas Oil, Rupp, Assembly Hall. So I guess guess Lucas Oil is uh, Indiana's probationary playing of Kentucky, which I don't get. Coach Cal, I mean, Mike Woodson had to make this impossible for him to refuse. He literally presented Coach Calipari with an offer he couldn't refuse without looking totally weak as hell. Kentucky, of course, is operating from the position of leverage in this negotiation. Rightfully so. They are a program of vast significance and have been for quite some time. Indiana's on their way up, and playing these matchups gets us there. It helps us get there. Now, I I understand why Kentucky would not want us to get there. I understand why uh, a few wins by Indiana over Kentucky would be so much worse for them because it could potentially mean so much for us. And sure, sure, it's more important to us Indiana fans that this game continues. But honestly, screw Kentucky fans downplaying how much heat and excitement that this series back can bring to these programs, that will bring to college basketball. Tell tell me we don't beat them in Kentucky, and that fan base is right back to hating us as hard as anyone in the game. Also, I mean, also, last game was us knocking them out of the tournament to get to the Sweet 16, so if they want to talk recent games and, like, how we favored, that's the most recent one. We favored pretty well. Looked pretty good doing it. Also, yeah, I'll say what everybody else has said, that uh, fourth game in Assembly Hall, good luck to Coach Cal even getting to play that one. Mike Woodson was there for the golden days of the IU-Kentucky rivalry. He saw how much it could mean to both fan bases. Absolutely, he did. He understands how much this means to us, and he understands that if this game needs to be played on the moon, if this game needs to be played in Coach Cal's backyard, on his home court, like his actual home property court, we need to play it. Let him have whatever advantage he thinks he needs. This game must be played. Awesome that Mike Woodson continues to get... Indiana involved with the biggest programs out there, getting us a quote-unquote seat at the table. Mike continues to impress me personally with the steps he is taking to get Indiana back to where it needs to be. In other news of Indiana out there, um, Cameron Salerno of CBS wrote a piece on the freshman he believes will have an impact this season. And in regards to Mackenzie and Baco, he wrote, the former Duke commit flipped to Indiana in May and provided a huge win for Mike Woodson and his staff as they looked to replace a pair of stars who departed for the NBA in Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen hood Shafino. Mbako can hit shots from the outside and is one of the best shooting big men in his class. His skill set on offense is drastically different than Jackson Davis, as he was mostly an athletic rim runner for the Hoosiers during his college career. If anyone on the Indiana roster is going to replace Jackson Davis's production, it's going to be Mbako. Yeah, it, it, that's a big if because there was a lot of production p- production to be replaced. Here's hoping that Kalel Ware and Mbako can uh, tag team that effort. Bringing both of them is huge. But yes, I, I am so grateful to see Mbako getting the national praise out there, getting uh, some looks, getting some credit out there, and he is he's he's absolutely a key to this season. He is. We we got a great talent committed, and we need to see that talent produce, just if we hope to have the season that we all want. In other words from others on uh, Indiana basketball, the Doster T.O. and Fanta podcast got on the topic of Indiana's outlook for this season on their show in the field of 68 Network. And I, I like John Fanta because I think John Fanta is pretty high on the Hoosiers, and boy do I appreciate it. John Fanta was quick to note that Mike Woodson isn't one to uh, hand praise out. And uh, the praise he's been giving Mackenzie and Baco means something. He stated that Mike uh, had told him there will be some nights that McKenzie will lead the Hoosiers in points. And again, Mike isn't one to hand praise out like that, unless it's warranted, especially to a freshman. And yeah, just uh, building on the comments from Cameron Salerno. When Mike's giving out credit like that to somebody who hasn't played a minute of Indiana basketball, a minute of recorded Indiana basketball, I'm gonna I'm gonna feel good about that. I'm gonna feel good about what I can expect to see from this guy come the uh, tip of the season. Doster pointed out the growth of Trace Jackson Davis, just uh, kind of alluding to what we could possibly expect from Kalel Ware this season. He he just put a shining light on the fact that Trace Jackson Davis, following his first year with Trace Jackson Davis, Mike Woodson was able to absolutely get something out of TJD. Absolutely get something out of Trace. And, uh, I mean, in Doster's words, he said he turned Trace into, he turned Trace Jackson Davis into TJD, a bad man. And I couldn't agree more. I think I've talked about just that fact every time I'm bringing up Callel's quote-unquote motor or like the national opinions on it. Mike Woodson has shown the ability to get something out of these guys, and God, aren't we all hoping that he can do it again this season. Locked on College Basketball had its Big Ten Basketball Preview episode, and uh, go check it out. I mean, I check out every single Big Ten Preview podcast out there. Just a few takeaways from it. Uh, The show, hosted by Isaac Shade and Andy Patton, dove into Indiana's outlook on the season, and uh, they said that Indiana's in the second tier of teams, as they divided the Big Ten into five different tiers of teams and their potential. Purdue and Michigan State, above all. I mean, no surprise there. But Indiana found themselves tiered in the second group with Illinois and Maryland, with uh, Isaac pointing out Indiana's potential if all the talent hits its stride and Xavier Johnson comes back healthy and just ready to go. Props to Andy Patton. I'll give him some props here as uh, for, for knowing ball as he projected the Hoosiers in the third spot in the Big Ten behind Purdue and MSU. Now, I say, that if that's just where he thinks that will reasonably land, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I really do like that outlook. I want to win. win this thing and so does Mike Woodson. Mike Woodson desperately wants to win. He wants to win now. And after Purdue, I think they were like projected like 11th last season or something. Anything's possible in this. the day of the transfer portal. You can rebuild overnight, and we brought in two absolute studs. What's to say that we don't just blow everyone away? What's to say we don't blow our own expectations away? We are getting optimistic and irrational possibly here on the Often Daunted Podcast, and I appreciate you for listening. Overall for the current squad, I mean, no news is good news as it usually is. <laughs> no news yet here until we get into actual basketball. But there was some Hoosiers in the NBA news as David Ham had glowing words for Jalen hood schifino following the Lakers' first practice. He had said he plays with a lot of moxie. He plays with stability. You can't speed him up. You can't slow him down. He's strong. He's a fierce competitor in a silent way. You're not just going to do whatever you want to do with him. He's going to guard the hell out of the ball, guard off the ball, try to rebound, plays a powerful, powerful game at that position individually. He was phenomenal yesterday. He was actually, I don't think anyone would disagree if I called him the MVP of day one scrimmaging. It's its great to see a Hoosier get shine in the NBA. It's great to see these, Uh, it's great to see the Lakers coach talk about one of our own, that has to mean something for recruiting. That has to, I mean, it's just a small little sound bite that we're all just eating up. But nonetheless, I choose to be excited about this. It's nice to hear. It was it was great to hear that. Before we were all shoved into a whirlwind of emotions after witnessing on Saturday night, Trace Jackson Davis absolutely stuffed Jalen. Yeah, you truly didn't know how to feel about it. There's infighting in the family. It's it's just incredible seeing those guys go at it in the NBA. Uh, yeah, you can't help but appreciate it. Can't uh, Hoosiers in the NBA? What's not to love? Speaking of Hoosiers in the NBA, I mean Friday was IU B-ball's uh, pro day, where 30 count them 30 teams came to town to get a read on the talent of this roster. They obviously wanted to check out Kalel Ware, and uh, they obviously wanted to check out Mackenzie and Baco. But here's hoping the rest of the guys showed out for the scouts. That that is a high stress situation because <laughs> you you don't have the f- team you don't have the fans fueling you up. You just have NBA scouts everywhere, and their job is to critique you, and they are professional at doing so. That's a high stress environment to play some basketball in, if you ask me. And uh, here's hoping the Hoosiers had a good showing. The third and final piece of Hoosiers in the NBA news. Victor Oladipo tweeted Friday, Will Sheehy is the most underrated Hoosier of all time. Go watch the tape very closely. I'm just glad I had a front row view. And thinking on it, I like I like that pick because uh, it's a great shout out here from a phenomenal teammate of Will Sheehy's. But I, I wouldn't say he's the most underrated. I think he was very well appreciated, especially after Victor's time here because he was the, like, focus. He was the remnant from that team. He was the focus of the fan base, largely, I think. I mean, I was on campus for it. And while, while I wouldn't say most overrated, I, I, I yeah, I was thinking about it myself, who would be the most overrated. And then I was thinking, I can't really tell you who would be the most overrated or underrated. But my personal pick... For overlooked and all forgotten, would absolutely be Troy Williams. Again, sorry for anyone screaming out any other name in their head right now. But I was truly activated on Indiana basketball around 2008. So take my thoughts here for what it's worth. Troy Williams was just so damn exciting. I think he started every game as a freshman. Um, He just leapt out of the gym. It was crazy, the hops that kid had. Maybe he went out in the draft a little early, but... Yeah, I think he's often forgotten. Often forgotten when uh, people think about just absolute freak athletes for the Hoosiers. So, like I said, no news is good news for the Indiana Hoosiers. As uh, if you're getting on the national news right now, I mean, I mean, we would love some recruiting news. Don't get me wrong. There, I need a commitment, guys. I, I I'm craving it, as I have to. As I assume anybody listening to this podcast is as well. And I really hope to report some. Indiana recruiting news some uh, commitments from these top talents we have on the line but alas not this week check in next Monday and let's see where we're at before I get into that segment yeah time to plug some stuff Thank you so much for listening to the Often Daunted Podcast. It has been a great ride starting this. I uh, feel like it's getting better each time. We're now in like episode 63, which is, hey, it's something. It's something. <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to take a moment, plug my socials, everything at Often Daunted people. Uh, been awesome working with the team at Big Banter Sports. And if you haven't yet, check them out every, uh, at Big Banter Sports. Uh, just this last week. I joined jr host of the network's uh, roundtable podcast, the Big Ten Huddle, for their inaugural their inaugural basketball coverage. Oh. We talked some uh, freshmen in the Big Ten and a lot of Hoosier basketball over there. So give it a listen if you're interested oh. at all. Again, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, this has just been so much fun and I appreciate you guys coming along for the ride. before we get out of here, all right for so so for my segment this week, I wanted to talk the biggest streaming money-grab games of this season for the Big Ten. Peacock. Peacock, Peacock. Peacock is the, is the, was on everybody's mind this week, more so than it ever has been, because what programming have they truly put out? Like, uh, I think Peacock just recently also announced they are doing an Office reboot, which uh, just has me thinking that is going to be absolutely downright painful. NBC in the year 2023, the office that doesn't work. You can't really fat shame, you can't make pseudo racist jokes and uh you can't make fun of Kevin in today's landscape, especially on NBC. So they're taking basketball from us. They they got it. They they got our money. <laughs> and they absolutely found the way to extort the American people and that's by taking their favorite college basketball teams. They're, this is downright extortion. $2 extortion, but yes, downright, still downright extortion, if you ask me. I mean, First of all, I'm going to be listing five games that I have highlighted as just why. Why are they on Peacock? Why are they not on the national stage? Why are they not being played where everyone can see them? First, I'm starting with the one that's on everybody's mind. Of course, Purdue at Indiana on Peacock, January 16th, 7 p.m. I, I will have a Peacock subscription by then because there's no way I'm not watching this game. As I imagine anyone who tunes into an Indiana basketball podcast would agree. What What is growing? What What was the second most viewed game of last season? What was the... What is, like, the second biggest college basketball rivalry right now. I mean, second to UNC and Duke, which that's going to be a top that's going to be a tough one to topple. Exclusive streaming rights to Peacock. So, <laughs> yeah, we are held hostage there. Uh I I yeah, I brought up last, I brought up on the Big Ten Huddle just how crazy it's going to be for some of the sickest sickest Indiana fans out there, like most hardcore are some of our elderly, are some of our older uh, fans out there. And I really hope they're savvy enough to get Peacock going. I really hope there aren't plenty of other Hoosier fans that are talking their relatives through the Peacock streaming process. Um, I mean, roughly into halftime on this one. Everyone's going to watch it, and we have to watch it on Peacock now. So, I mean, credit for them knowing which games to get because there are some great games that follow us as well here on the list. Uh, The second one I wanted to mention, Tennessee at Wisconsin. November 10th. This is a matchup between a preseason top 10 team and a Wisconsin team that is returning a lot. Not saying that it's a lot of great, but uh, out the gate of the season, that will really help them perform well. Their ceiling might be set, with the squad they currently have, but it the, the floor won't be low. They're going to be able to play right out the gate with some cohesion, with some chemistry. So I, I genuinely think they'll give Tennessee a tough game. At Wisconsin, Peacock got a good, good one there. Peacock, and yeah, it being November 10th definitely helps. Like Right out the gate, everybody's going to be rabid for college basketball when it tips, and that's a good time to get them with such a great game. The third game I wanted to mention, and this is the last mention of Indiana, because I want to be, be unbiased in this portion, but a game worth mentioning absolutely is Indiana at Michigan. Indiana at Michigan will be taking place on Peacock, and uh, there's no love lost after last season's two games, and the Michigan viewership has to be huge too. It's just an incredibly well-supported athletic program. I mean, despite what the team may look like next year, they still have plenty of support, plenty of viewership, and this is another money-grab game for Peacock. I mean, on Michigan as well, the fourth game I wanted to mention was Michigan at Michigan State. Again, they are getting these rivalries. Why are the rivalries not on the television channels that are just playing in every bar in America? Michigan at Michigan State should absolutely be on national television. There shouldn't be a paywall for that game. This season looks like an opportunity for Michigan State to absolutely clown Michigan with Michigan, Michigan's current roster. But when is that ever really the case in the Big Ten? Anyone can win any day, and this is a game that plenty would be interested in viewing. I would say that this is the second-best rivalry in basketball right now for the Big Ten behind Indiana and Purdue. Because in-state in rivalry, I mean, that just... That hit's different. They know. They know. (laughs) The last game I wanted to mention was uh, Purdue versus Arizona. Come on now. Come on now. That's a must-watch for anyone with invested interest in the Big Ten, the final season of the Pac-12, or, hell, even even interest from the fan bases who are scoping out their future conference companion in the Big 12. Luckily, with this game being on December 16th or 17th, yeah. Um, Luckily, they knew not to schedule it at that 1230 slot. So some people would watch it because uh, that 1230 slot is currently owned by IU Kansas. Purdue versus Arizona, that's going to be a hell of a game to watch. Two very different styles of play, I believe. (laughs) And yeah, they got us. They got us because I'm definitely gonna want to watch that game, and of course I'm already su- subscribing to Peacock for all of the other reasons. I mean, Indiana Purdue alone, done. But yeah, they they, they reined in a good one with that uh, with the Purdue versus Arizona matchup. I, I also wanted to point out just just one little jab at our rivals here. Uh, just that it's pretty awesome that this uh, pseudo home game for the Purdue Boilermakers is taking place at GameBridge Fieldhouse. While IU Kentucky's pseudo-home game for IU is taking place at Lucas Oil Stadium. I'm not saying, just saying. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, it's where everything's going. Everyone cut the cables so they had to find another way and they got us. <laughs> they took our beloved live sports. Damn you, Peacock. Damn you. We're going to get you out of here with who's your history <laughs> This is your Hoosier History Hit. All right, with Gucci Maine playing Hoosier Hysteria this year, I wanted to highlight some of the world-class acts that have been to Assembly Hall. Just going down a list of uh, people who have played here over their time, uh, quite a historic lineup has run through uh, Indiana, has run through Assembly Hall. And I wanted to start out by highlighting John Denver, Mr. Country Roads himself. He uh, had performed in Assembly Hall October 5th, 1974. Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan on the list. Uh, He came earlier that year, February 3rd. Following this performance, the Hoosiers went uh, undefeated in the hall for two straight years, including the perfect season, home and away of 1975. Wheel him out if you need to. Call it coincidence. Call it unrelated. I say won't hurt. Let's get let's get Bob. Oh shit! Nope, I can say that he's still alive. God, I was like, for some reason, I was like, man, did he die? But no, Bob Dylan's still kicking it. <laughs> I bet he's still performing. That dude looked like he was gonna perform until he's done. So uh, why not just get him out there? Let's 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 bring back some of the juju. In 1973. Elton John played Assembly Hall on October 7th. Quite a name to play the hall. 1973, that, I mean, he was huge. Again, in, in 1975, we have the Rolling Stones. 1975, oh no, I guess that was 74. Damn. The early 70s were rocking in the hall. Of course, everyone knows the homegrown John Mellencamp played Assembly Hall several times. One One mentioning in an entirely different genre that I definitely wanted to point out was uh, Young Money taking the stage in 2011. Young Money was the biggest thing on the planet Earth at that time. And uh, I have no idea how Indiana landed that one as the Little 500 concert. I was a senior in high school, desperately wishing that I they could have waited one more year for that one. I think it was them and him. Yeah, them and Travis Barker. Travis Barker on the drums. Yeah, that Yeah, that, that had to be a show. They were the biggest... They were the biggest like group on Earth at that time. Biggest performers. I don't. I don't even know what Young Money truly is defined as. It's Little Wayne, Nicki Minaj, Drakes in there, just crazy in the same genre. And I just wanted to bring him up because he's somehow intertwined with the current status of Indiana recruiting. A boogie with the hoodie. Uh, he just performed two weeks ago for hoosier students out there in the hall there was luke bryan in 2017 plenty of other acts of that caliber uh on october 22nd and the most astounding that i stumbled upon this is the final one i mentioned i swear guys on october 22nd 1976 the king himself the king elvis presley performed at assembly hall tamara Ducey uh said of the event on facebook I was an usher, blinded by the useless flash bulb explosions every time he turned. We were instructed to stop fans from mobbing the stage at the end. Impossible. It was impossible. It was an experience, even if he was past his prime, stuffed into his jumpsuit. So, we're talking the fatter days of the king, but the king nonetheless. What a concert that had to be. I mean, he's only got hits, guys. It's only hits with him. Yeah, so, hey, that was your Hoosier history hit. I just wanted to uh, take you down some of the top talent that has uh, graced the hall. Here's to Gucci Mane for adding himself to the list and uh, adding a little edge to the Indiana program right now because, uh, I mean, I saw that there was Late Night in the Fog for Kansas just this last week, and they had Flo Rida on, and that's that's very cool. That's very cookie-cutter. That's very, you know, that, that ain't going to piss anyone off. Gucci Mane has that edge. And uh, I appreciate Mike Woodson for taking the swing. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I'd have to think that Mike Woodson had something to do with it. Because this is invo- this is recruiting. Bringing these artists to these events is recruiting nowadays. And I appreciate Mike Woodson for going out there and getting uh, Gucci Main, Indiana Hoosier fan. There you go. <laughs> or at least, yeah, I'm going to read it like that. That was your Hoosier history hit. Thank you all so much for listening to the Often Daunted podcast. This might be a shorter one this week. I don't really know how long I've been talking, but I appreciate you listening nonetheless. Again, I've said it the last three episodes, I believe. I want to give you guys good news about this recruiting. I want to have news to tell you, and I really hope we have it next week. But until then, folks, you have yourself a great week. I I, I really do want to tell you that. Here's hoping that we see something. Here's hoping that we uh, see something from actually Liam McNeely and Boogie Flans shortly. But until then, please follow me on everything. It, I mean, if you haven't, at Often Daunted on X, on X slash Twitter, whatever, on Instagram. Um, Going to be getting more out there on that. Haven't really done much there. But hey, follow now. You're getting in on the ground floor. Shout out to uh, Big Banter Sports. It's been great working with them. There are plenty of other uh, basketball, Big Ten basketball um, podcasters like myself who I'm going to be getting with uh, doing previews of different teams um, when we are playing them. Um, There will be a roundtable episode where we're breaking down. I think we're each going to get like six minutes on our squad, just telling you the best, like what each squad has to look forward to for the season. I'm probably going to present a more irrational (laughs) projection for us. But hey, I have full confidence in this squad. Until then, hey, if you haven't, subscribe to the show. It does help out. It helps uh, me show them what the power of the Indiana fan base brings to Big Banter Sports. Subscribe to the show. Leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. You and yours have a great week. God bless y'all. Lux at Veritas. Go Hoosiers.